Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hello, everyone. Mignon has a terrible cold. So I'm Ellen Hendrickson, the host of a different Quick and Dirty Tips podcast, The Savvy Psychologist. And I'm going to narrate Grammar Girl for you today. This week, because it's National Grammar Day on March 4th, we have a list of Mignon's top 10 language myths. And then, because it's also the Chinese year of the dog, we have a rundown of some fun origins of the names of dog breeds. And at the very end, I'm going to tell you about a National Grammar Day limerick contest you can enter on Twitter. And now, on to those language myths. March 4th is National Grammar Day, so I have a special top 10 show to celebrate the occasion. And before you argue with me, listen to the whole explanation about why each of these is a myth. So here are Grammar Girl's top 10 language myths. Number 10. A run-on sentence is a really long sentence. Wrong. They can actually be quite short. In a run-on sentence, independent clauses are squished together without the help of punctuation or a conjunction. If you write, I am short, he is tall, as one sentence without a semicolon, colon, or dash between the two independent clauses, it's a run-on sentence even though it only has six words. Number nine, you shouldn't start a sentence with the word however. Wrong. It's fine to start a sentence with however, so long as you use a comma after it when it means nevertheless. Number eight, irregardless is not a word. Wrong. Irregardless is a bad word and a word you shouldn't use, but it is a word. Flugity-flop isn't a word. I just made it up and we have no idea what it means. Irregardless, on the other hand, is in almost every dictionary labeled as non-standard. You shouldn't use it if you want to be taken seriously, but it has gained wide enough use to qualify as a word. Number seven, there is only one way to write the possessive form of a word that ends in S. Wrong. It's a style choice. For example, in the phrase Kansas's statute, you can put just an apostrophe at the end of Kansas, that's AP style, or you can put an apostrophe S at the end of Kansas, that's Chicago style. Both ways are acceptable. Number six, passive voice is always wrong. Wrong. Passive voice is when the subject of the sentence isn't the person or thing taking the action. 
In fact, in a passive voice sentence, the actor is often completely left out of the sentence. An example is, mistakes were made, because it doesn't say who made the mistakes. Your writing is often stronger if you make your passive sentences active, but if you don't know who is responsible for an action, passive voice can be the best choice. Number five, IE and EG mean the same thing. Wrong. EG means for example, and IE means roughly in other words. You can use EG to provide a list of incomplete examples, and you use IE to provide a complete clarifying list or statement. Number four, you use A before words that start with consonants and AN before words that start with vowels. Wrong. You use A before words that start with consonant sounds and AN before words that start with vowel sounds. So you'd write that someone has an MBA instead of a MBA because even though MBA starts with M, which is a consonant, it starts with the sound of the vowel E, MBA. Number three, it's incorrect to answer the question, how are you, with the statement, I'm good. Wrong. You probably learned that verbs need to be modified by adverbs, such as well. But good isn't modifying am in the sentence, I am good. Instead, good is acting as the subject complement and modifying the pronoun I. It's also fine to answer I'm well, but some grammarians believe I'm well should be used to talk about your health and not your general disposition. Number two, you shouldn't split infinitives. Wrong. Nearly all grammarians want to boldly tell you it's okay to split infinitives. An infinitive is a verb form that is usually made up of the word to followed by a verb. An example is to tell. In a split infinitive, another word separates the two parts of the verb. To boldly tell is a split infinitive because boldly separates to from tell. And number one is you shouldn't end a sentence with a preposition. Wrong. You shouldn't end a sentence with a preposition when the sentence would mean the same thing if you left off the preposition. That means where are you at is wrong, or at least annoying, because where are you means the same thing. But there are many sentences where the final preposition is part of a phrasal verb or is necessary to keep from making stuffy, stilted sentences. I'm going to throw up. Let's kiss and make up. And what are you waiting for? Are just a few examples. And you can find more information about each of these myths in the Grammar Girl archives. And now, on to dog breeds, with 13 dog breeds with fun name origins. In honor of this year being the Chinese year of the dog, we found some dog names with origins that will make you nod in recognition or at least smile. Most of these are descriptive in that they reflect how people used the dogs before they became the pets that some of us let up on the couch when we shouldn't today. Number one, poodle. First, the poodle. Poodles come from Germany, where they were called Poodlehund, which meant something like puddle, water, or splashing dog, because poodles were used to hunt water birds. So you can think of poodle as meaning puddle. Number two, dachshund. Next, 
the dachshund. Since we just had the poodle hund, I bet you won't be surprised to hear that the dachshund, with that same hund, meaning dog, at the end, also comes from Germany. The dachs part means badger in German, and these dogs likely got their name because they were used to hunt badgers. Number three, terrier. Next, the terrier. Terriers get their names from an old French word for earth, as in dirt, because when they are hunting, they'll go after their prey into burrows. Schnauzers are a type of terrier. This breed was first introduced in 1923, and their name means growler in German. And pit bulls are also terriers. The pit bull terrier may get the pit part of its name from the idea of putting dogs into a pit to fight. Number four, Doberman Pinscher. The Doberman Pinscher, and that's Pinscher with an S-C-H, not Pinscher, gets the Doberman part of its name from a German dog breeder named Ludwig Dobermann. And even though it's spelled differently, the Pinscher part of the name does come from the German word for pinch, probably relating to how the Doberman's ears are usually clipped or pinched. Number five, husky. Siberian huskies were first bred to be sled dogs by the indigenous Tukchi people of Russia and were brought to Alaska by a Russian fur trader during the Nome Gold Rush of the early 1900s. Since they became the sled dogs of the Inuit, the dogs get their English name in a roundabout way from the word Eskimo, which is what outsiders called the Inuit. Earlier versions of the word included a Huskame, Huskama, and Uskama. If you focus on the sounds, you can imagine how a Huskame dog or Huskama dog would become Husky dog. And as you may remember from the recent Words for Snow episode, most of the native peoples of North America prefer not to be called Eskimos. For Canadians, the better term is Inuit. Number six, Corgi. Our next dog is the Corgi, of which there are two types the Pembroke Welsh Corgi, and the Cardigan Welsh Corgi. These are very old breeds, and there are a variety of origin stories, but in one common tale, the Pembrokes were brought to the western part of Wales by Flemish weavers in the year 1107, and the Cardigans were brought by Norse settlers. There's no doubt, however, about the word Corgi. It's Welsh for dwarf dog, cute little dwarves. And finally, some quick hits. Number seven, beagles probably get their name from a French word that means noisy person. Number eight, bulldogs were originally used for baiting bulls. Number nine, Rottweilers come from a town called Rottweil in southern Germany. Ten, boxers get their name because they are pugnacious like boxers in a fighting ring. Eleven, spaniels were thought to originate from Spain. Twelve, Shih Tzus were bred in China and come from the Chinese words for lion dog because they resemble lions. Thirteen, and finally, mastiff comes from the Latin word for tame or mild. May you have a happy and prosperous year of the dog. And here is the info about the National Grammar Day Limerick Contest. You have until 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Saturday, March 3rd to tweet a language-themed limerick using the hashtags hashtag Grammar Limerick and hashtag Grammar Day. Judges chosen by the American Copy Editors Society 
will pick a winner, and Mignon will read that limerick on the next Grammar Girl podcast. You'll also win a one-year membership to the American Copy Editors Society and a bunch of other goodies. So again, tweet your language-themed limerick using the hashtags hashtag Grammar Limerick and hashtag Grammar Day by 2 p.m. Eastern Time on March 3rd. I'm Ellen Hendrickson, and if you liked hearing me today, check out my podcast, Savvy Psychologist. I also have a new book, How to Be Yourself, about how to overcome social anxiety. And if you pre-order before March 13th, you'll get a free companion workbook, a Savvy Psychologist ebook on resilience, and be entered to win two apps, Joyable and 10% Happier, and five best-selling introvert-friendly books. Just forward your How to Be Yourself receipt to preorder at ellenhendrickson.com before March 13th. We all hope Mignon is done with her sniffling and back here with her normal voice next week. That's all. Thanks for listening. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.